0: This is Riz Hatton with the Becker's Dental with DSO podcast. I'm thrilled to be joined today by Dan Hosler, CEO of Allied OMS. Dan, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. So just to start us off here, could you introduce yourself and tell us a bit about your background?
1: Certainly. So I'm Dan Hosler. I'm the CEO and one of the co-founders of Allied OMS. Uh, We're a single specialty oral and maxillofacial surgery group. So we have a managed... Uh, centralized office that helps all of our doctor practices grow and really navigate through some of the more difficult issues that, that comes from privately owning practices. I started my career actually in private equity. So I was co-head of healthcare investing for a private equity firm. And now I've moved over to the operations side. So it's, it's fun to be able to share really the inside world of private equity with our doctor partners so that they can help make the best possible decision for them.
0: Thank you for sharing. So my first question for you is what are some of the benefits dental practices can reap from participating in private equity?
1: Yeah, this is one of my favorite questions. I mean, it really comes down to private equity frequently has an advantage, right? Because they've analyzed thousands of different business models to really parse out the best practices, the ways to best run these businesses. And additionally, you know, having seen it firsthand, they also have the ability to recruit world-class management teams. So when you combine the the best practices from having seen thousands of similar businesses, and you can partner directly with great management teams, it really helps level the playing field for doctors. And so uh, that's one of the biggest things that we we see when doctors decide to partner with private equity. uh, And it translates into better contracts, better profitability, and ultimately more options for those doctors as they think about how to grow their practice in the future.
0: Fantastic. Thank you. My next question is, who is or isn't private equity right
1: for? Yeah. So we like to say, look, consolidation's here, right? The the, the dental world has been consolidating for 30 or 40 years now, and it's really just come to a head because of a couple core data points. Number one, there's too much student loan debt, right? The, The men and women graduating from dental school, from medical school, are leaving with five to $700,000 of student loan debt. Uh, number two, then you couple that with saying, okay, they're trying to figure out how to get married, how to buy a house, maybe even start a family. Sometimes the ability to buy into a practice is really a fourth or fifth priority. So for those existing doctors that own the practice, right, they're looking at and saying, well, wait a second, who is going to be able to pay me a fair price for the value of the practice? And in has swooped private equity, right? So over the last 30 or 40 years, private equity has come in and partnered with more and more different types of doctor groups. Um, Some can say really dentistry was the the forerunner here, right? They started 40 years ago, but we've really seen it go into other specialties outside of dentistry and and even over to the medical side as well. So we like to say, you know, it's almost more about uh, private equity is probably right for just about everybody. But the most important thing is, how do you learn about the right partner, right? What's the right partnership decision for you? What are the goals that you have over the next one, five, 10 years for your practice? So you can think about who the right group is to partner with. Um, And I'd say maybe if you had to really kind of pin me down and say, okay, who isn't private equity right for? If you're ready to, to retire right now, let's say that you only have three to six months and you're pretty much tapped out then private equity probably is not right. You're not gonna get a great price for your business. We'd almost recommend going back to the drawing board, maybe recruit a young doctor, uh, help bring that associate up the curve, and then you can reassess the, the options in front of you. But if you're already at the tail end of your career and you really only intend on working another three to six months, private equity probably is not the right path for you.
0: Thank you. And kind of going off of that, for those that it is right for, When should or shouldn't dental practices take the leap into private equity?
1: Yeah, I like to say, you know, you you need to be thinking about it from a very personal level. Frequently, the the questions that we hear get asked most often by doctors um, is when they come to us and say, I need help growing, right? I've got a great practice. I see a lot of opportunity in front of me. Uh, Maybe the the wait times for new patients has extended from a month to two months to three months, and they just say, gosh, I, I just need help. Um, other times, what we see is we see there's an, a, an irritation, right? The business of the business. Uh, a lot of folks say, hey, I went to dental school. I went to medical school. I didn't go to business school. I don't know. You know, I've sort of learned trial by fire uh, in, in actually running the, the business of the business. And so I, I find it really difficult to manage things like uh, information technology or security risks associated with that. Or maybe it's human resources, right? They don't like the HR side of the business. So frequently, there's a pain point that flares up, and makes it so difficult that they say, you know, it's time for me to really dig more into what else is out there because I just I need some help. And then the last thing I would say is, you know, inflation, right? We've been very blessed that for the last ten plus years, we really haven't had much inflation. With the Fed funds rate at or near zero, um, really, you know, borrowing money was almost free. And so all of a sudden inflation hits, right? The borrowing costs go up, wages go up for employees, and it just gets that much harder to run the business side of the business. And so we find kind of those are typically three reasons when people say, you know, I need to dig in more. I need to to research who is out there and what are the different models that, that are taking place in the world of, of private equity backed groups.
0: Interesting. So I know you mentioned earlier, um, that private equity has kind of been taking root in the healthcare space in general for the past few years. Where do you see private equity's involvement in the dental space over the next five years?
1: Yeah, good good question uh, I can always say that my crystal ball is no better than anybody else's crystal ball. So uh, hopefully this is a slightly educated guess. I like to say having come from the world of private equity and knowing uh, what I know about it, they've raised so much capital. Right? We're, we're talking about approaching a trillion dollars of investable both equity and debt right, through private debt funds. So they have this massive amount of money that's been raised, but here's, here's really sort of the inside track on private equity. They only have three to five years typically to deploy that. So from my perspective, what I see is just increased involvement. Right? Private equity has to put the money to work, and that's going to mean that they're going to continue to look for great business models. Um, areas where you're really able to come in there and help your doctor partners, help them run the business, help them recruit young associates, help you provide great patient care. Right? When you focus on those things, right, patient care, uh, a great work environment, happy doctors, it's kind of funny, right, that the economics almost always take care of themselves. You almost don't have to, to get into the specifics of the financials if you're doing those other things really, really well. So we see over the next five years a significant increase and probably a particular focus on more subspecialties. Um, a lot of general dentistry has consolidated, has had groups partner together, and so we're seeing areas like oral and maxillofacial surgery, like orthodontics, or like pediatric dentistry, where folks are taking a more concentrated or a more focused approach to investing, and that's where they're deciding that they're going to spend, you know, really the next five to ten years deploying capital, to continue to to be involved in the the world of dentistry and and really medicine as well. That's
0: really interesting. Sort of going off of that, why do you think um, we're going to see that specialization and private equity with those specialized groups and specialties?
1: Yeah, I think in some cases, it really comes down to uh, episodes of care. So one of the things that frequently gets talked about in dentistry is if there is a recession, I mean, you look at the speed with which the, the, the Federal Reserve has increased interest rates. If there is a recession over the next, call it 12 to 18 months, unfortunately it's benefits like dental benefits, like vision benefits that tend to be the first things that get cut from an employer sponsored plan or from the employee selection. So uh, when you see that decrease, it just makes it harder for some of those practices to make a profit. So you think about general dentistry in particular, Um, unfortunately routine cleanings, routine visits tend to decrease, but when you see some of those specialties, right, if you've got orthodontic cases or, you know, especially in the world of oral and maxillofacial surgery, if you have a cracked tooth from a root canal that's failed after several years, you're going to be in pretty extreme pain, right? You're going to notice that issue in your mouth and you're probably not going to put that off. And so I do see private equity, right? They do so much market research and they ask questions like that. What are some of the things that might be put off in the fields of medicine and dentistry? And what are the things that because of an acuity nature or because of an immediate need are not likely to be put off even through a recession? And that's where we see some of that subspecialty focus really starts to to increase in terms of their interest in investing.
0: That's really interesting. Thank you. Dan, thank you so much for your fascinating insights today, and I look forward to connecting with you again in the future.
1: Wonderful. It's such a pleasure to speak with you today.